Like, this has been quite a week for me, for many of us who may feel that way. Uh, revival services last Sunday and Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then left on Thursday for district assembly and district missionary convention. I've been saying to quite a few people, it's been a, been a precious week to me. I've enjoyed it so much. I had many things I've enjoyed about it, and uh, my heart is kind of full today about a lot of things. And uh, I want to share some of them with you this morning. Uh, our church is a part of a larger family. And whenever I go to district assembly, I sense that, I feel that. Oftentimes when we're, I'm together and uh, with other pastors or people from churches on our district, I sense that. And many of you are connected in some way to some of our other Nazarene churches, but a lot of you are not, and you don't see that part. And I, uh, I wish you did sometimes. I just feel like there's so many blessings that I feel and I sense simply from being part of a larger family, being connected in the Church of the Nazarene, uh, being with other people who worship and who believe like we do and who are serving and reaching out to people and connecting to needs around the world. Uh, I, I love that about our church. And when I go to things like district assembly, it gives me an opportunity to just hear other stories and see what's going on and, and be blessed by that. And I felt that way so much. Uh, the last three days we started went down the Thursday late afternoon and then Friday and then yesterday got home about four o'clock or so and uh, uh, and I just I, I love the Church of the Nazarene I, I chose to be a part of that uh, and uh, I'm grateful for the privilege to be a Nazarene uh, not that our church is more perfect than any other church or has it all together or knows everything or or anything but we are serving Jesus as best we know how. And uh, that's great. And it's just fun. And it's great to be a part of a larger family. And, you know, as you, uh, because I have an opportunity to interact with a lot of people, you know, I've had that privilege of interacting with Nazarenes around the world. And many of them have come here as missionaries and through other, through other ways. I've just had an opportunity to be direct or to be connected and and, and I long that you would feel that too and sense that too. There were about 20 people from our church who were at district assembly or missionary convention or both or a little bit. So it's kind of a mixture, but we had about 20 people who were there at one point uh, over the last three days. Some were there the whole time and some lesser amounts. But boy, it was just so much fun to me to, to listen and and to see other Christians who love the Lord and and love the mission of the Church of the Nazarene and, and believe that this is where God wants us to be and, and our part of the, the, the Great Commission, our part of the directive to go and make disciples in the nations. That's, a, that's the uh, theme of the Church of the Nazarene is, is God calls us to go and make disciples. That's what Jesus said in Mark chapter 16 and Matthew chapter 28. And He said to His disciples, Go and make disciples. And so from the past three days, folks have come together from our district. We have about 52, 54 churches and some other uh, beginning points and places and people from those uh, different churches and ministries 
have come together uh, the last three days um, and to represent their ministry, their churches, uh, uh, and uh, and that just fantastic. Uh, uh, it's been great. I'm going to share some things that I sensed and I felt, and then I've asked. I, I got I, I connected with a few of the twenty and said, if you'd like to come up and share a short testimony, something that you sensed from God's Spirit. I just want to invite you to that. If I didn't get to you and I didn't get to everybody, I got to about six or seven of the 20. If you would like to share something uh, that you sensed that God helped you or spoke to you about, I just want to invite you to come. I'm not going to try to call you out by name, but if you would like to do that or, or you already told me that you would do that. Then I've asked Pastor Shane and uh, Jeff to lead us in a prayer for our church at the end of the service today. But I, I'm going to talk about kind of what I sensed this last three days and then give opportunity for a few others to do that as well. Uh, at our district assembly the last few days, I, I felt like I heard many things that encouraged me about the Church of the Nazarene. I mean, we all know that the Church of the Nazarene, as every denomination or group of churches, has its benefits, its blessings, its strengths, and it has areas that it's weak. That's a reality of life and ministry. And uh, I heard a lot of encouraging things uh, the last three days about our church. That just, it really made my, my it made me feel encouraged. Uh, wow, uh, God is working and God is moving in the church of the Nazarene. And I am thrilled with that. Sometimes we're kind of in a place and we just wonder what's really going on out there. Are we alone are our efforts accomplishing anything? Um, are we where God wants us to be? I mean, most of us feel that way at times. Well, assembly just for what it did for me, it encouraged me, you know, that I have brothers and sisters out there that are, are working to serve the Lord. Some many I know and many I don't on this district and around the world, but especially as uh, we came together and had an opportunity to, to visit with Many of the people that I've, I've known for 33, 34 years on this district, uh, you kind of, unlike a lot of pastors, I've only been on one district, this Philadelphia district, so you know, I've been around for a, a long time. People ask me how old I am a lot when I'm out. I don't know why they keep asking me that. I don't know if it's because I look so young or what, but I guess it's because I've been around so long. Um, how old are you, Wayne? I, well, you know, I'm only, you know, whatever, but... Uh, it is fun to talk to other people, and I'm encouraged by that. Uh, people who have a purpose and uh, often have a mission where they're at, and they're working to, to, uh, uh, to fulfill what God calls them to do where they're at. And that's great. That's great uh, to see that voice and to, to know that and to hear that. And I think when, I, when, when I, that comes to me, God, you've given all of us a circle of influence. I say that a lot in my sermons. I say that locally here is you have a circle of influence. Some of it's at work. Some of it's at home. Some of it's with your family. Some of it's here. Uh, who knows where your circle of influence, where it goes. But you all, we all have a circle of influence. And every church has a circle of influence. God help us not to waste it. That's what I feel. God, help us not to waste it. Help us not to waste the blessings that you give us. Help us not to just see the cup half empty and 
and fail to see what God wants to do moving forward in our lives and in the mission that He's given the church. God, help me not to waste however many days or months or years that I may have left to, to be a pastor. Whether it's a few, short or long, God, don't let me waste 2022. Don't let me waste the month of May because it's here. And it's here for you and for me. And I, I sat there, I don't know, maybe Friday night during the ordination service, and it just came to me. I mean, I was I, all these thoughts and feelings, and I wrote some of Most of them are in notes in my Bible somewhere at Ephrata. But I, I wrote down, God, I don't want to waste 2022. I don't want to just go through the motions and look back and say, God... I don't want God to say to me, Wayne, what did you do with the, the opportunity I gave you? What did you do with your influence? Did you waste it? Did you use it for me? I felt that challenge. I felt God speak to me. And I'm, I'm so thankful for that. So I share that with you today. What about 2022 for you? Uh, don't, don't waste it. Don't, don't say, well... It, the past is where I had it, you know, or let younger people do it or let the mature older people do it. Let somebody else do it, God, but don't expect from me. And I'm, I'm just feeling God, me. What do you want from me in 2022 spiritually? I mean, spiritually, what do you want from me in and how I look at the world around me and what I say and what I do, how I spend my time, what I am silent about, what I get engaged about. God, help me to know not to waste this month for You. You've trusted us with so much, God. Help me not to waste it. Oh, there were about 350 Nazarenes that came together. I, I'm guessing. I didn't hear that number. I just kind of looking around. And it was encouraging because last year, I think there was 130 or something in Lewisburg. And of course, with COVID. But that's more than has been an assembly in a long time, I think. And that was encouraging just to hear the buzz. It's like here during the offering time when you guys are talking. And, and sometimes I interrupt and say, okay, let's, let's go. And other times I think, gosh, let them go. You know, that, that's good. And it was fun at assembly to hear people talking, laughing, and hugging and greeting each other and telling stories. And, oh, man, I just, again, that's like Cloud9. I come out in the foyer. People should be in listening to the speaker, but a bunch of them are out in the foyer talking. And, you know, and it's back and forth. And it's pretty special. It's pretty neat. Um, Let's go to that that picture. I don't know where it is and where, where I'm at as far as the slide. Again, I'm kind of disorganized today. The, the pictures that I have. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and it's just four or five pictures I pulled off Carrie Willis's Facebook this morning. Um, just our general superintendent up in the left-hand corner. Um, uh, his name is Gustavo Croco, Crocker. He's Guatemalan. And I just loved what he said. I loved what he said. He preached twice, and I, I'm going to tell you about both sermons. It was so good. 
what he said about the church today and where we're at, I just, it, it, uh, it really was good. And I, I could spend 45 minutes just telling you what he said, but I'm not going to do that. But that's, it was at the effort of church, pastors there, uh, met a new South Korean pastor on our district uh, who's working out of Media, Pennsylvania. That's Jung Mo on the left, down in the bottom right-hand corner. And uh, Jung Mo's been here, and what a fun guy Jung Mo is. I just love him. And that's a little picture of the crowd. And again, uh, people came and went all the time. That's just part of being an assembly. But I tell you what, we had some good prayer times. I want to talk about that in a little bit. We had some good prayer times. There were a lot of blessings. Uh, there was a call to focus on certain things. There was a call to focus on missions. There was a call to focus on discipleship. There was a call to focus on prayer. And there was a call to focus on our teens and children. We were given a lot of things to think about and pray about. I want to give four specific highlights to you. They're very quick. They won't take long. And again, I want to give time, so I'm, I'm watching the clock, sort of, you know. Um, and I want to give you that were there who want to an opportunity to share something about it. But four highlights for me. Number one is there was a very positive excitement I felt at District Assembly. It was hopeful. It was encouraging. It made me feel good about the church and where we're at and that we're looking forward. We're leaning forward. We're leaning, you know, toward the future. God help us to be the church that you want us to be. I felt that. There were a lot of good things talked about and a lot of good ministries going on on this district. Some things I'd heard about and some I hadn't heard anything about. Of course, there are some big challenges. Uh, and, and our general superintendent talked about how COVID has impacted children's ministries uh, uh, over the last two years. And, you know, I, I was concerned that maybe it was just here, but the challenges that are out there across our world and our country, especially uh, in some areas of ministry and the changes and the impacts. And uh, we had, were given a lot to think about and talk about and pray about and say, what, what does God want us to do and how? And how can we impact this culture with our circle of influence? Uh, a lot of good stuff, a lot of good challenges to, to, to think about. Number two, I love the sense of family. And I felt that so strongly. Again, for me, since I've been around so long and I know so many of those people, man, they're, they're part of my family. Those pastors and friends and Kids I prayed for, kids I was a counselor at their kids camp 30 years ago, you know. Now they're, they're pastors or they're serving the Lord and oh, that's just fun, you know. And, and just that sense of family and connectedness was so special. I wish all of you could go. Maybe next year we'll just see if we can rent a train or something, you know. I don't know where it's going to be, but I, I felt it was good, you know, the, over the two and a half days connectedness. People working together, supporting each other, praying for each other. I felt like, for me, the sense of family was very strong. And uh, it's been hard to feel that the last couple of years. It just, it's just been hard. Um, I love the spirit of giving and serving. Hearing stories about how churches are doing things all around the world. Every church has its own niche. 
Every church has its ministries that it supports and it kind of gets excited about. You know, you guys, Honduras and and Suriname, and I love India and Front Step, and you know, different people are doing things in different places in our church, and it's, that's the way it's around the district. It's like this church way over here that you know might have 55 people. They are really involved with Brazil, you know, or. New Mexico or some local ministry and there's just that that uh, that spirit of giving and serving that seems so evident to me and uh, some great ministries and ideas and stories uh, are, are uh, along the way that I really enjoyed hearing about and I heard about some of them I'm sure number four for me there was a commitment to prayer and it was strong uh, commitment to prayer. I felt like across the board there is a hunger for prayer in our denomination. Our leaders, our pastors, I feel this way. I feel like this has got to be a year of listening to God for this church. This has got to be a year of, of crying out to God, God, what do you want for this church in 2022? What do you want for our future? passionately, fervently, almost out of desperation that we've got to get off all the other, or not off complete, but we've got to turn down the voices of the culture and all the opinions and all the information, the internet, the phone. We have got, that has got to be a back seat for God's people to listen to Him. And what He wants. What He's calling us to do and to be. And I just feel like uh, that need and that desire that we would be a praying people in this church. Carrie Willis is our, our leader and our DS, district superintendent. And he helps me to feel that way because, man, that is Carrie Willis's heart. And he, he showed it. His pastor's report for the district was a prayer meeting. And he asked people to come and pray. That was, that was his report. There's nothing more important, he felt and he said, than that we just be a praying people. Finding places and times to stop and to listen to God and purposely. His report was about prayer. I think, oh God, how we need to be a praying church. How we need to be a praying church and a praying people. And we probably need a little bit less of some other things and a lot more of, of prayer as a church. Uh, God help us. This assembly reminded me of that more than any other assembly I've been to. I've been, I think, 33 or so. This just reminded me over and over again how important prayer is to our church. how important prayer is to our church. God, help us to be a hungry, hungry people who are listening. Last Sunday morning, I presented a, a resource to you. It was laying on the tables, and I talked about it for a minute when Jeremiah Bullock was here about two items in that that I wanted you to have. One is a Holiness Today magazine about prayer, and it's our denominational magazine and had a lot of articles in it about prayer written by 
various people. One was our district superintendent, but there's maybe 10, 12 articles in there about prayer, different facets of prayer, and I've read them, and they are good. Some of them are just so good about the meaning and importance of connectivity of prayer. The other resource in there was a prayer journal, and uh, I encourage everyone who's willing to to take one. I think we had about 110 out there. There's 10 or so left on two or three here, two or three there, five or six there, or something like that. I want everybody to take one who wants one. If we run out, we'll get some more. We can get them. But this prayer journal is a resource that we want to use to give to you, to ask you if you are willing and can to use this for 35 days. Um, You might think, oh, well, here comes another one. We just got something three or four weeks ago, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But this is a 35-day prayer journal. It's about preparing for Pentecost. It's about the Holy Spirit and about prayer. I'm going to be preaching. I was going to today, but today I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get there. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, but the three weeks, the last three weeks of May, I, I plan to focus on the Holy Spirit and prayer and say, oh, God, Holy Spirit, speak to us. If you didn't pick up a journal, I want to invite you to do that. Take a packet with you. If you don't get one and you want one, just tell me that, and we can get more. We can get them here soon, in fact. Uh, But it's 35 pages or so, and each day has a scripture about prayer and or the Holy Spirit, and maybe a question to think about, to dwell on, to focus on, um, to remind us of how important uh, prayer is. And so if you did not get this and you want that, please pick one up before you leave today uh, and you'll have an opportunity to do that. The prayer journal invites you to read and pray for personal renewal and for revival in our church and the body of Christ, the Church of the Nazarene. Uh, These are days of invitation, opportunity. You may think, Pastor, you already gave us a book. Yep, I know. Maybe you can't do both. Maybe you can In fact, maybe it would be good if you would add some more time to your day just to be still before the Lord. Maybe you can do that. And some of you are not able to. I understand that. This isn't about about pressure. This is about opportunity. It's about invitation. It's about saying, boy, I think probably most of us have time if we want to, if we choose to. And just quiet ourselves before the Lord. So I'd love for you, if you want to have that resource, to have that uh, for you. It's an invitation to you to connect. I think it would be a blessing in your life. I want to read uh, and share from my journal this morning. I want to invite you to have a journal and use it. I uh, did my work last night in here, and then this morning I read it again, and thought about in a few minutes I want to read you three things I wrote down in my journal but first I want to read from Matthew chapter 6 verse 6 and when you pray do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men I tell you the truth they have received their reward in full but when you pray go into your room close the door and pray to your father who is unseen Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask 
him. That's the text in the first day's uh, journal today. Uh, I've read it to you, so you've already heard it. That's the text. And of course, I, re- I read this when I got my journal three weeks ago. I just, I just wanted to read one. I read several of them. I read that scripture, so it's been on my mind. Your prayer, my prayer, is so important to God. So we don't realize, I don't think, how important prayer is to God. What it means to God. How valuable it is. I wrote in my journal, I wrote these down last night after thinking again about this Scripture. Three blessings that this Scripture spoke to me and I wanted to share that with you this morning. These are my devotions this morning. Number one is I was reminded of the high value of being quiet before God. I'm thinking when the door closes, it gets quiet. Because outside the door is noise. It's busyness. It's my to-do list. It's my things that should be done. It's my distractions. But when I close the door, it gets real quiet. You know how important it is for us to be quiet before God. So I wrote in my journal that value of being quiet before God. Second thing that I wrote down was this, the blessing of the closet door that allows and cause me to, causes me to want solitude. Self-examination. See, I can close my closet door. I can close it if I choose to. Or I can choose to kind of leave it open, which I'm tempted to do most of the time. You know, my phone. Well, I need to take care of this. Ah, If I just knock these three things off the list, then I I won't be distracted. But you know, I can close my closet door. That's what I kind of felt like the Holy Spirit said to me as I, I thought about this devotion. I can close that closet door if I choose to. But nobody can close that door for me. Nobody can close it for me. Especially that door of self-examination. I do want to publicly say thank you to Pastor Shane about something. He doesn't has no idea what I'm going to say, I'm sure. But when he led us in our prayer stations two Thursday nights ago, that first hour I came in and sat down right up here, didn't talk to anybody after the first... 10 minutes or so. And that's the longest I sat there with my closet door closed in way too long. And man, was I blessed. It seemed like it just set off for me this whole thought and idea how important the closet is for me spiritually. How important it is. And I just love it. I appreciate it. And the third thing from this devotional that I wanted to share that I wrote down here is something like this. There are two sides to the closet door. They both are important in my life. The inside of the closet, as I'm saying, is so important. But the outside's important too because that's where I live out what God speaks to me about inside the closet. So when I come out of the closet... I'm reminded of how important it is 
or that circle of influence. Both are important. You know, I've, I've quoted this several times and I love it. Pray as if it all depends on God and work as if it all depends on you. I, I just love that. It seems so true to me. Yes, I go in the closet and close the door and I need to do that. But then I need to come out of the closet and, and take the responsibility that God gives me. That's what I wrote in my journal, basically. Those were my blessings and challenges for day one. There's 35 days, you know. If you're able to and you choose to, may God help you uh, to feel closer to Him as you have your devotions. Matthew 6, 6, the prayer closet is about heart prayer. Jesus said, when you pray, as if He knows we should know how important prayer is. Like Jesus, um, it seems like Jesus assumes that we'll understand the importance of prayer. Maybe we've lost that. Maybe we're in all of life's busyness. It's hard for us to find that. When you pray, Jesus said, we, we each need a closet of prayer. All of us need that closet of prayer. I'm thankful for the closet of prayer. And that God the Father, the Father calls us to it. Pray to your Father which is in heaven. The invitation for relationship and for connection with God is there. And it's not like He's sitting there, you know, like this, saying, okay, go ahead, you pray to me. He's saying, pray to me, talk to me. That privilege of intent, intentionality, to be intent. God works in our prayers. I'm th thankful for that. Well, it may sound today like I'm giving a commercial about that. That might be. Well, I'm going to give another one if that's how it strikes you, and that's this. I've asked you to engage in a 365-day devotional. Best I heard, last I heard, we have 143. Somebody asked me for a book last Sunday. I don't remember who it was. If you asked me for a book, would you tell me again? If I don't write it down, I don't remember. Also, a couple said they had two and they only needed one, and if I knew anybody needed one, tell me. So if you're here and you're in that... One of two categories, tell me, and you got a book if you want to. Um, I don't want this to sound like a commercial, but I'll tell you what, I've been blessed. Maybe by the, the, the rigor and the structure of doing this, but I've been blessed by this devotional book. Some days, you know, more than others, but I love this book. I hope it has been a blessing some nuggets, some reminders. Again, you've got to slow down, though. You've got to slow down. I mean, I can read this thing in less than a minute. I'm a pretty fast reader. Not that I retain anything, you know, but and I'm telling you, you slow down enough, God will speak to you from these Scriptures. I want to mention two from this past week that really spoke to me. Again, Pastor, this is a different kind of sermon, I know. Whatever. You know, I read this week that Chick Shaver law friends uh, estimated there's 50 million laws in our country. Estimated. 50 million laws. If you read this week, you read this. Intended to make people good. Man. 50 million laws. Federal, state, local, whatever. To govern our moral ethics. 
You know what? God has one or two that encompasses all 50 million. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbors yourself. When I read that, it just kind of, wow. That's the difference between God's righteousness and man's righteousness. That was the other day. And then, make the Holy Spirit happy with your words. It was about uh, Ephesians 4.29, and let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth except what builds others up. And boy, that, that hit me too. It's like, wow. You know, of all the crazy things, when I read that, I went back to a memory of high school. And it's funny. But in the high school yearbook, somebody wrote, you know, they have this page where you can pay $4 and you can put in something, a message to somebody. Well, somebody did a message to me in high school. Wayne Krell. The mud is over. Uh, wait, how'd it go? The flood is over, the mud is dry. Why do you wear your pants so high? <laughs> I laughed so hard then. It never, it, never, it never bothered me at all. What bothered me is I didn't know who put it in. I still don't know. You know? So if I go back to my 50-year reunion, I'm going to see if I can find out. <laughs> but the point is words stick. Good and bad, that really was funny to me. It really it never bothered me a bit. But it's just a, how words stick. And when I read this devotional this morning, man, i got to put that in there. I think there's some good things in that devotional. I hope you're getting some benefit out of taking time and quietly listening to God's Spirit. The general superintendent, his sermons were great. One sermon he talked about climbing Mount Moriah, giving God our best. You know, Isaac and Abraham, and I'm not going to go into that, but it was so good about our blessings. I mean, to Abraham, Isaac was his greatest blessing. God wanted to know whether he would withhold his greatest blessing from Abraham. And that got me thinking, it got me thinking about blessings in my life and how God's given me so many blessings and I don't want to take them for granted. Like I said, I don't want to take today for granted. I don't want to take May for granted. I don't want to take 2022 for granted. God's given me so much and uh, He wants me to be willing to give it to Him. So that uh, was a great blessing. God has shown uh, so so many things to me and and I want to give them back to Him. The GS, would you go on to that next slide or next two slides where we're at? The, the GS also preached about the island of Patmos, which really interested me because we went through Revelation uh, recently. And his, his sermon was about how are you handling your, your island of Patmos? How are you handling whatever's gone on in your life in the last two years? You know, pressures, feelings, opportunities, perspective. What, what how... Uh, how are you handling that? Uh, a lot of people went to Patmos and died. Somehow God gave to John this incredible vision of the book of Revelation on this deserted or, or this, this uh, penal colony island. And so he challenged me 
to think about uh, how I handle my island of Patmos. All right, one more story and I'm, I'm done. Okay, I'm going to tell it fast and then I want people to come and share. I, I told a couple in 30 seconds, but I've gone a little longer than 30 seconds, I know. The missionary, um, Lindell and Kay Browning, they were there for two services. They were tremendous. And I had an opportunity to spend time with them, so I really enjoyed that. But they told a story uh, about a young man who was their neighbor. They, they lived in Israel. They were missionaries in Israel for 37 years or so. And they had a, uh, a neighbor, and uh, uh, the, the father was Palestinian, the mother Jewish, or the other way around. They were a mixed family. They lived in, in uh, Nazareth for a while. They lived in Jerusalem. They also lived in Bethlehem. But anyway... This young man wanted to be used by God. And at the time, the refugees were pouring out of Syria. This is a few years ago in the Syrian crisis, basically. And uh, this young man wanted to be used by God, and he didn't know how he could possibly, but he thought, well, if I could just help, maybe I could go to Syria and deal, help with the refugees or whatever. But anyway, he, uh, he heard about a Dutch um, mission organization who were... It, it, asking people to come and help with the refugees. And he thought, well, I, I'll just go. I mean, I'm willing to go. So he went, not really knowing what he could do or, you know, what his job would be. But he, he was a swimmer. He had swam competitively in Israel. And so he's a real good swimmer. But anyways, he goes to this organization and they start to ask him what he does and who he is. And well, I really don't have any special abilities, but I'm willing, you know, and and somehow he mentions that he's a swimmer. I actually called Lindell Browning this morning and talked to him about this story. Uh, so he kind of gave me a little more details, a little bit about it. They're back in Indianapolis. Um, and uh, if I got it right, he said, well, I, I, I'm a good swimmer. And they said, perfect. We need a good swimmer to help the refugees. And they gave him night goggles and they stationed him on the beach I don't even know which country. Was it Turkey? I don't remember which country. Anybody remember that? I don't know. But his job was to take his night goggles and all night long look out over the water and look for refugees. And when he saw him, his job was to swim out and help him to get in. Some were on life rafts, some were on little floaties, some were in boats. And his job was to go out where the seas were rough and the, the rocks would break up boats and all that. Go out to them and bring them in. I thought that's what a church should be doing. I'm so glad we're here today. You could be here. I see gaps. Like, are we going out and finding people that are lost? Or are we just kind of hoping they'll come in? And if we have an extra minute, we'll say hello to them. I don't even know if that's the point of their story, but this is how it struck me.
we have a pretty convenient religion, you know. Go to that last slide, if you, the guy, the swimmer, or the, the water one, if you would, please. I don't know where it is. But, oh, man. We have got to be willing to go out and find people that are refugees and bring them in. See, a lot of the refugees made it on their own. They, they got to shore. But a lot of them that drowned, they just didn't have it. I think that's a lot like the kingdom of God. Some people, they come to God, they find God. But the call on the church is to go out and find them. The hurting, the broken, the messed up, the overconfident, the underconfident, and to love them with love and patience out of our comfort zones, our time, and bring them in. That was probably the biggest thing from assembly that I felt and I saw. Okay. I didn't mean to get emotional. I just did.